The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, continuing our season team-by-team previews to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. And we head to the NL West, one of the final teams we have to discuss, and it's the Colorado Rockies. This is not your Blake Street Bombers Colorado Rockies. It's a bit different Colorado. It's actually a younger Colorado Rockies team, which is kind of rare for recent years. There's still some veterans there, though. Don't you worry, folks. They will find a way to screw it up. Like usual, uh, I, so I have a special guest joining me to break down the Rockies and talk uh, some of these big bats, potentially. And you can find his work over at PitcherList.com, FantraxHQ.com, and he's on Twitter at Heckman underscore Matt 115. Matt Heckman, how you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Honored to finally join, been listening to your podcast for a while now. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Like I said before the show, it's uh, it's good to get your your voice on the show, get to, you know a face to the to the writing, and uh, you've been you've been crushing it out there. So before we get going, let everybody know what you got going on. You've been doing a lot of right, like everywhere. Like I think you're it seems like you're tweeting a new article for somewhere every day. So what do you got going on? Yeah, so I am um, originally I was over at Fantrax. I'm still there. I do mostly analysis pieces. Uh, once the season gets started, I do a weekly or every two articles a week for lineups, uh, just kind of tracking AL lineups and lineups, detailing some news. So that's to come. Um, I do a lot of my XWRC plus stuff over on fan track. So that's more of my analysis. And then I recently joined the dynasty team at PitcherList, So I've been doing prospect articles, breakout prospects, top 10 rankings, that kind of thing over at PitcherList with Chris Clegg. And yeah, really excited about what the dynasty team is doing over there. Yeah, pitcher list. Uh, they always have a Nick. Nick has a little soft spot in my heart. He's been one of the guys that took me under the wing early on, yeah. and he's always been. He's amazing to everybody that meets him. I'm not gonna say he's not. Oh, he's, yeah. been, <laughs> he's been a great guy. And then he brought Clegg on as a good friend of mine, and he's put you guys together. It's been a 
cool little development in the dynasty realm for pitcher list over there to see as every year something new nick does it just grows that site it's incredible a it's new incredible. level <laughs> so and they just dropped pl pro um there's yeah. all kinds of stuff coming up there so you guys go check it out if you haven't yet over there at pitcherlist.com it's worth every every penny if you can uh if, if, you, if you if you like it go check it out for sure one thing that uh, Matt did do was do the prospects for the Rockies. That's how it got my attention to have him come on the show. And he's not a Rockies fan. I'll say that for him. He's a Phillies fan, but he's kind enough to help me break down this Colorado team because if there is a fantasy Twitter person out there, I missed him. So I apologize. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a different team. But we'll start with Chris Bryant, Matt, who um, last year, safe to say, disappointed in his first year in Colorado. He was hurt pretty much all season. It's been a rough, rough go for Chris. And, you know, Bloomfield put out a funny tweet. To, to me, it's funny because it's like he he gets over $20 in value and it's like nothing. $20, nothing. Yeah. It's like an every other season type guy in the last six or seven years. And obviously, if you follow trends, he's on the upswing this year, if you believe in that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, at an ADP of about 132 the last two weeks, what are your thoughts on Chris Bryant? Because I still can't trust him at all. I, it's, I can't trust him. And if I can't trust you, it's... I can't unless I have I see the upside. So Byron Buxton, I guess. I can't trust Byron Buxton, but I see how he finishes as a top five outfielder. I mean, the power, the speed, even though he wasn't running. Chris Bryant, I mean, I graded him out as I think he's my outfield 34, and he's out for outfield 32 ADP. So I don't even dislike him. But if I can't trust he's gonna stay healthy, he's I mean, he hit five home runs in 42 games last year, but I don't think he's really a power hitter. He's going to hit about 20 home runs, hit for decent average. He's not going to provide any steals with, especially now at this point in his career, after all the injuries, I think projecting more than five stolen bases is kind of a stretch. It's just, I, I can't pull myself to draft him. And when I'm doing these mocks or starting up leagues or redraft leagues, I can't find myself drafting him just because, I don't think the upside is that high at this point in his career. Yeah, I'm with you. Like he hit 306 last year, which was great for him, but that's probably a prospect of Coors and the fact he had no power. Um, he struck out less than he pretty much ever has, but again, different approach, small sample size. And the funny thing is, as you mentioned the five home runs, none of them were in Coors Field. None of them. So it just really gives like, what happened to this man? I know he was hurt, but I'm with you. Like, even going into last season, I was writing articles about, you know, draft this guy, not Chris Bryant, like all these things. Uh, I've always kind of had red flags for Chris Bryant. And it, it goes into what you were kind of saying is it seems like people anoint him like this MVP masher Chris Bryant. And he really isn't that guy. So that's why I've never really been a fan of him in drafts. And sure, he's cheaper now than he's been in a long time, but I'm still not going there. I'm with you. It's like, prove me wrong. That's fine. I'll take the L, but uh, I am not not making that choice again. At, at that point in drafts, I feel like I want a guy that's going to help me in a category. I mean, I found myself, I'm looking outfield at that time. They're Hunter Renfro, Anthony Santander. They're going to hit home runs. I know they're going to hit home runs. And so I'd rather go for them. I think the Angels have a better lineup. Baltimore's lineup, I think, could be better than Colorado's. It's just, I see other guys in that area that I like. And so Chris Bryant probably is not going to end up on any of my teams. Maybe I'm good, wrong. Yeah, yeah that, no, that's, that's two good calls. I'd have both those guys over him, too. So I'm with yeah. you 100% on that one. Uh, let's go to Ryan McMahon. This guy I've always had a tough time not wanting to draft. And this mm -hmm. year I'm not, like, as in love with him as I have been in the past. But then as draft season goes on and I do more shows and I look at his draft price at about 203 and I'm like, okay, at a bad third base position, you're looking good again, Mr. McMahon, because he's consistent. Yeah. He's like a low 20s yeah. home run guy, does it over and over again. So what's your thoughts on Ryan McMahon this year? 
McMahon, I can't quit him either. Yeah. Every every year I think he's going to break out. I wrote for my XLBRC Plus breakouts of 2023, I wrote about him again this season. Uh, he was my right, he was one of my, my guys, um, third base last year. And now this year I'm doing it again. 116XWRC Plus. I found something interesting. He, um, hitters walked over 10%, hard hit over 38%, struck out less than 30%, with a line drive percentage over 19%. Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez, Shohei Otani, Alejandro Kirk, Max Muncy, and Ryan McMahon. Pretty That's, good group. It's a pretty good company. So, I mean, his biggest thing, and I hinted at that in that article, was he just needs to swing in the zone more. He doesn't swing that often in the zone, and I don't really know why because he makes good contact when he does. So, I mean, that'll help the strikeout rate to come down. The only concern I feel like with me is the platoon. Um, they do have some other third baseman there that they could turn to, but his glove should be good enough to keep him in the lineup, even against some lefties. Yeah, that, that was my biggest concern early in draft season, because in the past, you know, he'd play second base, third base. Like, they had to move him around, so playing time wasn't a major issue for McMahon but now it's like they kind of started to fill out a team with young players that they're willing to play and it, it kind of pigeonholes McMahon yeah. into third base which is fine if they want to put him there it's a strong side of the platoon but I'm with you man the the hard hit rates the barrel rates they are second best in his career it's always been pretty solid it's just a matter of like making it actually count maybe a little more launch angle would be like the line drives are awesome can you get a little more elevation just a little right. bit and we'd be golden and I'm with you. I look at him every year, and I'm like, he's so close to the breakout. It's so close. I know. It's just, uh, it just how often happened. can I? How often can I keep saying he's going to break out before I just have to accept that's who he is? <laughs> well, and the hard part of not like giving up on him is his ADP is never expensive. Yeah, it's like right. I'm always like, this is this could be a great value. I'm not paying for a breakout here. But exactly. then I'm then he runs a two thirty average at night, <laughs> which it's not bad. He doesn't kill your team, but I'm just left disappointed with him instead of. Higher expectations. I'm not yeah, mad. Right. I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's only 28. He's going to be 29 this year. So he's still not old. Like, there's a lot of signs that leave hope for us. McMahon truthers out there to uh, either sink with the ship again or ride to <laughs> victory eventually. Uh, let's go CJ Cron here, who's a guy I've always liked. I'm not on him this year. I'll be very honest. But the skills are what they are with CJ by now. I think we have an idea. You know, ADP of 132. It's just a drastic home road split when it comes to CJ Crone yeah. since going to Colorado. So what's your thoughts on Crone this year? Because if you can play the splits game, probably pretty strong. Yeah. But if how you're, can, yeah. can, can you do it? If you're in a daily league with deeper lineups, I actually I like him. I mean, career worst chase rate, but all the other plate discipline discipline metrics were pretty similar, I felt like. Yeah, like you said, the 302, 354, 601 at home. I mean, that's incredible. So if you're able to see which weeks he has home games. Um, I was listening to Eno Saris on the Rates and Barrels podcast, and he was mentioning how somebody did a study, and every week there will be Colorado games at home. So that I thought kind of interesting with the more dispersed schedule. So maybe, maybe, maybe he's got some value. It's just I struggle to pay the draft day price for him this year. I feel like he's a little bit too expensive for what I like in his profile. Yeah, I'm with you. In years past, he was maybe deeper 100s into the yeah. 200s, where now you're kind of paying that 130 price. You have your Nathaniel Lowe's, your Reese Hoskins, your uh, Christian Walkers. You have all those kind of guys going, or even Roddy Flez going a little later. So the decision's a little different. 
now compared yeah. to where it was in years past. Um, it was weird last year because usually it's like what Eno said is most years it's like you get a half of a week either the back or the front with Colorado and then road and it's usually how it always works out. So in a PC, if you carry a second first baseman, you can do the midweek changes or whatever daily leagues. You're good. Um, but last year was really weird because you'd have like a full week of Colorado, the full week without. There's a lot more full weeks. Yeah. Last year, which is very rare, and it made it really nice to roster CJ Crone and other Rockies players. Easy to see. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just basically if, if you go to draft him, which is not a bad thing, just know you need another first baseman. That's yeah, the way he, it's going to work. Yeah, yeah, he can't be. Here. And I think some people are concerned with his second half, and he struggled down the stretch last year, but that came with a 255 Babbitt. So I'm not too worried about that. It's just you got to find another player when he's on the road. For sure. Let's go to the uh, the ancient one who it seems might actually retire a Rocky after trade rumors in recent years. But then again, still, you never know. But Charlie Blackman's going to be 36 this year, coming off a 264-16 home run season. Obviously not the player he once was. Still serviceable. ADP's at 279. They're going to play him, it looks like. Um, I'm not in love with Charlie Blackman, but do you have any interest in a guy like Charlie Blackman? Not really. (laughs) It's just, it's another uninspiring pick. It's, I feel like I could find somebody on the waiver wire that's going to give me the production that Charlie Blackman's doing. If I'm going into drafts and I'm drafting somebody that late, I want somebody who can be a little bit of a difference maker, at least have a ceiling or a floor. Charlie Blackman, like you said, he's 36 years old. He's going to turn 37 in the middle of the season. He's going to continue losing playing time, I think. He's not stealing anymore mid-average home runs aren't anything special i just i don't think there's that much value there i think you'll be able to find somebody better on the waiver wire or somebody to pick up the upside just isn't there for me yeah i'm with you i think like you said at that point in the draft give me a guy with the ceiling potential that i can take a shot on and see what happens and you know go from there he's almost as old as i am and i know how it feels when i get up in the morning so i don't know how he's still playing baseball but um, i mean we'll see the perfect player to take right around him is Brandon Marsh going one outfield oh, yeah. spot ahead of him with the same, I mean, little Phillies Homer right here, <laughs> but like, I, love I don't know, great changes down the stretch. I just feel like that's so much more enticing than somebody like Charlie Blackman. Their hairs are a little bit similar. Maybe that's why they're going similar ADPs. <laughs> there is a similar vibe. That is for yeah. sure. Very, especially early Charlie Blackman days, very similar yeah. vibe on that one. Uh, this is a player that I've slowly been growing to some interest to in draft season. That's Brendan Rodgers, ADP of 256. Um, I'm just, I guess my confusion is, is why he's going so late. I know he doesn't run like zero running, but he can hit for an average, a little bit of pop. He's only going to be 26. I don't know. I, I think there's something there. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but at that point in the draft, it's, it's depth to me. Um, what's your thoughts on Brendan Rodgers? I, I could be totally wrong. No, I mean, I feel like the more I've looked at him this offseason, the more I've actually liked Brendan Rodgers. He's got a stable floor, and so he's going to hit for average. He's going to score some runs. He's got, he has power. I mean, as a prospect, he had 60 grade raw power as a future value. Like, it's there. And then the issue's really just been his launch angle. Last year, though, he had a career high barrel percentage, exit velocity, sweet spot percentage, career highs in whiff percentage, chase rate, career high in zone contact. There's a lot to like, and it's almost prospect fatigue for him. I mean, he's 26 now. We've heard about him for so long. I think the expectations were so high that we're not really realizing what's the development that's happening right in front of our eyes. I mean, he gets his launch angle up. I think it was up to like 9% or something in September. 
it was at like 4.6, something just not great on the season. But if he's able to keep that launch angle up, hit some more line drives, hit some more power, I think quietly he could hit 280 with a double-digit walk rate and close to 20 home runs. I know that's not flashy without the steals, but I think it's good value. At 256, I'm in. So you're seeing the same things that I saw. And then I, I mentioned it on a recent Bubba in the Bloom because we did the ADP areas, and he was standing out to me in that realm of other guys there. He seemed like he had that upside that we're looking for later in drafts. And it was the stuff that you mentioned, like the contact skills are – really really strong for a guy that produced yeah. or didn't produce i guess is what the way i look at it maybe it's a colorado thing because ryan mcmahon does the same stupid stuff maybe <laughs> they always need to go to some clinics go i'll go to drive line or something and figure out how to elevate the baseball yeah. and uh right. it could be glorious but uh, i'm with you on brenner i'm willing to to buy back in as some depth uh, in the middle infield for sure i mean i mean going after christopher morell i just yeah. i don't know why you would ever take morell over rogers unless you're desperate for speed but rogers overall skill set i feel like is so much higher and he should play every day also that's another thing yeah. that really got yep. my attention where morell like you said the speed's the difference but there's still a lot of question marks in playing time so yeah that's the, the deal there Let's go to Ezekiel Tovar. This one's kind of intriguing because uh, they pretty much already said he's the dude. They want him to start the season at shortstop. Got got a little pop. We got some speed. Um, we kind of it, really good minor league stuff. ADP of two twenty four. It's interesting. Some people are reaching for him because it's Colorado. But uh, what's your thoughts on Tovar? Um, category leagues, I'm in. I like him. I think he's. I think Colorado will give him the opening day spot i think they like his glove enough that even if the bat isn't there that glove is going to keep him in the lineup so that provides a little bit more security points leagues i am fading him if i own him in a points dynasty league now is probably the time to sell i would think he doesn't walk a whole lot he doesn't have game-changing power two of those things are pretty important i think in points leagues especially but the speed is there the contact skills are there I think he's going to play every day, and Colorado should help his average even more. So I'm pretty in on him in most leagues. Yeah, no, I think he's an intriguing uh, late shortstop middle infield option, especially the speed he could bring. Uh, could be a gap-to-gap type guy with a little bit of pop. So intriguing, intriguing, especially if he bats ninth and then it flips around that lineup. He could score a, t- a lot of runs if things yeah. work out in his favor. Um, with Randall Gritchick having surgery and he's going to be out to start the season for a few weeks, we won't talk too much about him. He'll probably be more of a waiver wire ad for most people. It looks like Sean Bouchard should get, um, if I think I pronounced that correctly, Sean Bouchard should be getting the, um, the playing time. It's up in the air. There's other options, of course. But this is a guy I was looking at way earlier when I looked like Steamer 600. I'm like, oh, he rates out really well, but there's no more for him to play. We've seen some power, speed, skills in the minors. He had three home runs and you know ninety-seven plate appearances last year. What's your thoughts on Bouchard, who has an ADP of five seventy-one right now? I don't hate him. I don't. I'm not in love with him, but I don't hate him either. I think he's he's got sneaky value. I mean, you were talking about his year last year, twenty home runs with a three hundred average in AAA. I mean, I know that it's a hitter friendly league over there, but I think that's still intriguing. It's really just coming down to playing time i'm not sure i see it he's not a center fielder so they're going to play Daza out there in center uh, they want to get charlie blackman at bats they want to get nolan jones they traded for i think he's going to get some at bats in the outfield chris bryant there's only so much room to go around before gritcha comes back i could see him being in a part-time role but even then 
it's a short side of the platoon. If he platoons with somebody and he faces lefties, I'm not sure Colorado will ever let him play. And then it's how long is the leash? Because they have, not that I think any of them are knocking on the door, but they do have a lot of outfield draft capital that they've spent. Guys like Veen, Montgomery, some prospect guys that are eventually going to be coming. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and that's why I haven't drafted him yet. Cause like I see him in the rooms, like it's the Rockies. Where's he going to play? How's he going to play? Like the Grichik thing, he opened the door a little more. That's yeah. for, but it's just like, he's still only going to miss like maybe the first month and then he's going to be back. So barring setbacks, yeah. that could happen, but uh, yeah. it's not supposed to be a ton. Uh, real quick, you mentioned Nolan Jones. Want to hit on him? He had an ADP about four sixty five. You mentioned Daza five fifty three. We kind of know who Daza is. Jones they traded for, and there's like some ex- like you know hope at least when it comes to him. Any interest in either one of those guys come draft day? Maybe deeper league formats. I'm not really interested in Nolan Jones. Um, I've heard about him a little bit in the Rockies prospect write up. Um, he, he's a platoon bat, I think. I think. I mean, he's a strong side of the platoon, but he's a platoon bat. He's run high strikeout rates. A little bit more interested in on-base leagues where that's a factor. He does walk a good amount. And so I think he's one injury away, but he doesn't have a true defensive home either. And so if they're going to DH him, they'd be DHing him over. If they want to get Blackman off his feet, if they want to get Bryant off his feet, I think that's going to eat up a lot of their DH time, which – Maybe that opens a little bit more of a door for Bouchard, thinking about Chris Bryant DHing, getting him off his feet, keeping him a little bit healthier. But Nolan Jones, I don't have a lot of interest in. Daza, I I wouldn't say I have interest in. He doesn't run and he doesn't hit for power. But if you're desperate for average, I mean, he hit 302 last year, so that's not yeah. nothing. I know I streamed him a lot when they had road game or home games. Yeah. I mean, just because he leads off, like yeah. it's 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 it has value in deep leagues. It really does, but it's not appealing at all. It's like yeah. it's very, <laughs> it's like in case of emergency, break glass type situations. But uh, yeah, he's he's got that going for him. One other guy you wanted to talk about, and it's a good one because uh, Elliot. Oh, I'm gonna screw this up. Elliuris Montero, I think, I think close. So. Yeah. Um, he had his moments last year. Uh, very, very impressive at times. Uh, really hit lefties well. Could platoon with the Rockies. He has an ADP post 500 right now. So what are your thoughts on Montero as a potential uh, target, or at least someone to keep an eye on? I mean, that was my fear with McMahon, uh, the platoon, because Montero hits lefties while McMahon is terrible against lefties. So I Montero, good barrel percent. He's got good quality of contact. I mean, that was the that is the only decent looking even remotely piece from that Nolan Arenado trade from a couple of years ago. Uh, whatever ripoff, but <laughs> um, yeah, but he really broke out in 2021 after the pandemic, and he cut his strikeout rate. And then last year after his promotion, he saw that strikeout rate balloon back up to 32 percent, which was his biggest issue as a prospect. The power's there, even the like con- the swing path is there he's got he elevates the ball he seems like it should be a great fit in colorado but he just swung at everything after his promotion but if i'm taking a shot on a deep bat on that team that's one injury away i think it's him i think he could be useful yeah he could dh he could play third he probably yeah. first like there's there's places for him right. to go based on injuries of course so I think it is an intriguing bat. Like we saw some very good moments outside of the other frustrating moments, like you mentioned. 
last season. So I think that's an, an interesting target, especially later, like in your draft and hold formats, best ball formats, stuff like that. Um, last one I'll ask you about, we don't have to go crazy on this, but Elias Diaz, ADP 338, is that a catcher of interest for you at all, or is that kind of like a pass situation? I I don't think. I mean, him and – he started playing almost every other day with Brett Silver, and I think, yeah. yeah, is the other catcher there. I was in on Diaz last year. I thought he was a really good value and then disappointed me big time in two catcher leagues because I made him one of my targets. Um, I don't know if maybe I'm just a little burned. I'm out on him this year. I, yeah. I don't think he's going to play enough to be useful. Yeah, it's tough. Like uh, deep, deep leagues, yeah, maybe. But it's 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 tricky to say the least. What else is tricky is pitching in Colorado. And uh, no, we'll talk about a few guys here. If you just want to say pass on any names, you're more than welcome <laughs> to because most of them we're not going to draft. But at least I'll mention Herman Marquez, ADP of 467. We've seen the goods. The goods, he's pitched 180 innings back-to-back years. Like he throws innings. Ratios have gotten a little worse recently. Strikeouts have gone down a little bit, but he still has his moments on the road. I'll say that much. Um, it's just nasty. Any interest in a guy like Marquez, ADP of like 467? I just, he falls into a streamer category. Like yeah. I, so many of these Colorado guys where it's like, I'm never going to pitch them at home. It's 6.7 ERA or something like that at home last year. It's unusable. His fastball is bad. His sinker is bad. Like he doesn't have a fastball pitch. He doesn't have a primary go-to. And so if he's versing a bad, if he's in Oakland and he's pitching, I have no issue streaming him. I think he's not going to get a ton of strikeouts, but Colorado should win that game in theory and they shouldn't get roughed up. But I don't have any real interest in drafting him. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I I know I will stream him at some point this year, and I'll probably yeah. stream one of the next few guys uh, at some point this year. There's a 100% chance <laughs> that'll happen. But um, to, to waste a draft pick, like I say waste, to use a draft pick on one of these guys feels wasting it. So uh, it, it's yeah. tricky. I'll just put them all together. You have Kyle Freeland, Jose Urania, Austin Gomber, Connor Siebold. Are we kind of thinking the same thing for the rest of them? I'm not going to – unless there's someone that really interests you, like uh, go for it. Um. Kyle Freeland is in the same exact boat, maybe even worse than Marquez. I will say of those names you mentioned, Austin Gomber interests me the most. He's got some good pitches. I was looking at his off-speed stuff. I mean, using the new like pitcher level value, the PLV tool from PitcherList, his slider was a 5.36, which averages five with a – um. 2.99 ERA adjusted value on that pitch. And even his changeup had a 3.26 adjusted value on that. So there's intriguing stuff in his profile. And I feel like, especially with Marquez and Freeland, when I was taking a look at them, Colorado seems to have upped the sinker usage in both of them, but not in Gomber. And Gomber's four-seam fastball is like one of the worst four-seams fastballs in all of baseball so maybe they need to get gomber a sinker and then he can work with his changeup and slider and then mix in the sinker i don't know i'm i'm not drafting austin gomber but if there's one that intrigues me and i could see myself picking up after a few good starts early in the year it'd be gomber 
Yeah, that's that's actually a guy I have rostered in recent years. I will hold my hand up on that one. But uh, <laughs> we've also been gombered before, as yeah. people know that that term also. So we'll see. But I'm with you. Like you've seen him put starts together. It's like wow, there is something there. Like yeah. and he was a part of the Arenado deal too, I believe. So yeah, I think there, he was. There's like something there. That's for sure. It's just Colorado. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the bullpen where Daniel Bard had an outstanding season. You know, he's going to be 38 this year. Let me say that real quick. 38 this year. Uh, he had 34 saves last year. The strikeout rate was really good. The ratios were insane for Daniel Bard, maybe overachieving to some. ADP of 126. What are your thoughts on him for 2023 uh, going right now? Too high and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> to a 38-year-old reliever coming off a career season i just i am very skeptical he keeps up the 221 babbit that he ran last year especially pitching in colorado i mean that it's a hitter friendly ballpark i don't think you can just roll out of bed and do that again i i'm out for health reasons i don't know if he stays healthy an entire year again i'm out for regression to the mean it just feels like his average price is too high right now yep i'm 100 with you i've passed on him in every single draft i've done um when he was in the twos, almost 300s last year, okay, you can make an uh, argument yeah. to, to take a shot. But at 126, when you see him going around, uh, what are the relievers we got here? Johan Duran, who's not really the full-time closer, but it's still like interest there. Alexis Diaz, Scott Barlow, uh, they're all going, Pete Fairbanks, they're all going after him. Yeah. yeah Andres Moody is like <laughs> Diaz, Leclerc, and Fairbanks are all got. I get it. Yeah. I get Bard is locked into a closer role. That, I think, is the appeal. A lot of the other guys that we're mentioning – don't have that set closer role but at the same time I mean Bard has a rough two weeks and suddenly he's out of a closer role and he doesn't have the track record or the stuff maybe that some of these other pitchers do so I don't know I am not taking him 100% with you there what other relievers are you looking at um, you know I know you mentioned Nelson Lamette Pierce Johnson's there. there's a couple guys that can bring it in the back don't get Ty Block I'll tell you that right now as a Giants fan him in Colorado is like home run derby pitching do not go there <laughs> folks but what other pitchers are you looking at here yeah I think I mean I think the really interesting guy is Denelson Lamette Pierce Johnson is okay I don't think he's ever really going to get the save opportunities if you're looking if Bard falters, if Bard gets hurt, who has the stuff to close? I mean, it's got to be Lamette. He had a 2.7 or 2.09 ERA in 2020. I'm, he looked like the next superstar pitcher for San Diego, and then injuries have really derailed him. He had a 6.12 ERA last year. The FIP was better. The FIP was only around four, but the stuff is so good, and he's flashed the stuff before. He like that's who I think of coming out of the bullpen and closing out games. Somebody with just unhittable stuff when they're on. And so, if I'm intrigued by one other name in that pen, I think it's him. He's the next guy up. I think Lamette is a great uh, draft and hold target later yeah. in drafts. Like I've said, I'm not the only one, but many of us have said even when he was at San Diego, like, hey, he's good enough to be a back end pitcher. Like yeah. throw him in the bullpen. Like his ADP over the last two weeks in draft and holds is six ninety two. Um, he's only been drafted in 11 of the 13 leagues. So two leagues didn't even draft him. There's definite value, like, or at least a, a shot in there, the dark. Like, I think people see Colorado and they just run away, but he could do a bard type thing in the back end of that bullpen. So I'm with I you there. Mean, yeah. He's got his stuff is just too good to be that bad as he was last year. For sure. Um, okay. Mr. Prospects, let's talk Rockies prospects more so 
that have a chance to help this season. But if you have some other long shot guys to mention for the Rockies, feel free. I know Zach Veen's a popular name, uh, but there might be a few other guys as well. So what are you seeing in the Rockies farm system right now? Um, Not a lot knocking on the door. I think besides Tovar, who we already talked about, I don't think they have a lot of guys that are ready to come up and be big league contributors. I think the only other prospect that really has a chance is Michael Toglia, the first baseman who he didn't even make my top 15 prospects. So I think that says everything that needs to be said about him on my perspective. He's a power hitting first baseman that's going to hit in the low two hundreds and run a high strikeout rate. I think that is not worth holding in really any dynasty league. Um, yeah, they don't have a lot knocking on the door. They have some, they have a lot of potential in this system, a lot of high outcome, high variance outfield. I mean, Zach Veen is a perfect example. I think he has the best chance probably of making it up to the majors this year. He's been in the system a few years. They're moving him up. He's shown flashes. I think if things get desperate, we could see him. All right. Yeah, no, Zach Veen's one that, you know, in draft and holds, you like to take chances on guys. I still can't do it because I'm not sure if he'll make it this year. But uh, he's very intriguing, as you said, very intriguing. And Toglia, we saw get a cup of coffee last year. Like, there was a couple games he did really well. A lot of games he was pretty quiet. Um, so I'll have to kind of wait and see. I'm just curious to see what the Rockies do because eventually you think Blackman's going to have to kind of take a backseat to somebody, you would think. Yeah. Um, there's moving pieces eventually, maybe. We'll see. I think I think they're going to get Blackman this year. I think next year you've got Bean coming. Nolan Jones will still be there. They have a couple other guys. Yonkel Fernandez is one name that really intrigues me. He's a little bit deeper, and he's not going to steal a lot of bases, but I think in points leagues, on base leagues, he's got good contact. He's got power. He's kind of one of – he's an outfielder without a true defensive home. So that is my deeper name. I love Adel Amador. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's one of the safer prospects you can draft in top 100s. Um, but they have a lot of guys coming. Benny Montgomery, Zach Veen. The future could be bright in Colorado. It's just can they develop this talent? Which it could be know. bright. I like it. Like <laughs> I would like them to be competitive one of these days. I'm not like Even with a Giants fan, I'd like to see them do something. It's been rough. Like It was fun when Colorado was a like – a, 12 to 10 battle because both teams were putting up runs. Now it's kind of <laughs> like a, it's, it's, it's kind of messy, especially in the pitching department. I don't think that's ever going to change, but um, no. that's tough. That's too tough to change. We've seen that, that attempt, but uh, we'll see. It could be an interesting year for the Rockies. They might be better than the giants this year. The giants have some issues on their own. Trust me, but um, <laughs> there, there are no Phillies. There's no Phillies. That's for <laughs> sure. So since I had you on here to talk Rockies, I will ask you a Phillies question before we head on out of here. Okay. Do they win the NL East this year? I I want them to no they expectations are too high they they that's the issue right now expectations are too high coming off the world series even though I know I know a lot of sports books have their win total very mediocre which I think is almost more accurate I think they're a good team I think they're going to make the playoffs I think they can finish second in the division behind one of Atlanta or New York but that division is such a powerhouse they got they went on a real big postseason run. They weren't that good during the regular season. They kind of snuck into the playoffs at the very end. So I don't think the Phillies will win the division. 
unfortunately. I'd love it, but <laughs> I love I love the honesty because you know you didn't go full homer there. So that's a that's a beautiful <laughs> it's a tough division. It's a real tough yeah. division. That's that a good a, good division. So I think and, the Phillies could win the NL Central, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's set the bar a little higher. No, <laughs> but as you guys saw last year, you didn't have to win the division to get to the big right. dance. So it uh, just gotta get to the dance and then uh, you see what happens from there. But uh, we'll wrap it up there. Once again, remind everybody where they can find you and uh, what work you got coming up. Yeah, um, over at Fantrax, I'll be doing some more analysis pieces during this offseason, looking into spring training battles a little bit, um, then lineups every week over at Fantrax. And then Pitcher List Dynasty, we have some more prospect rankings coming out. We have bold predictions coming out. Just put out a bold prediction for three breakout prospects, one Giants prospect on there. Um but yeah, so that's where you can find me. I'm over on Twitter, Heckman underscore Matt one one five, and that's where I put most of my work. If you want to check it out. Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, appreciate you joining me, and we will definitely do this again soon and uh, talk some analysis and prospects and stuff you're working on these days. But I, I appreciate you joining me, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. This is Ben with Bubba, your Colorado Rockies season preview. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>